Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. Hello, everyone. Today we have a special guest, Wednesday Love. Wednesday is a singer and songwriter raised in D.C. with tantalizing deep vocals and acts in hand. Her lyrics captivate listeners, inviting them into a state of cosmic soul consciousness with punk rock accents. Here's a quote from Wednesday. I want to create a platform and safe space for queer black women of color to create freely without heavy self-judgment. I want them to know they can go through it all and still come out free. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Of course. Um, how are you doing uh, during this crazy pandemic? Um, I'm doing pretty okay. I just got back to Brooklyn. Um, I like took cover at my mom's for like four months, five months. Honestly, I've lost track of time and space. But just getting back home and it's pretty vibey up here. It's kind of weird, a little eerie. There's not as many people around, but I've just been keeping it safe and simple. Tell us about your background. How did you become Wednesday Love? Mm, A thought. That's a thought. I mean, like, it's a broad question. Like, so like, what do you mean specifically? How did you become the performer you are today? I'm pretty sure you have like a long history of performing mm-hmm. and, and singing and, and stuff like that. How how did all of that add up to you right now? Well, my mom, for the most part, uh, when I was younger, forced me to like do music and dancing. And I was completely like against it. Didn't like it. I wanted no parts. It was just like a lot of pressure and like, I don't know. It's probably just like being a kid thing, like wanting to do the complete opposite of what your parent tells you to do. So mm-hmm. probably that. So that is that had a big influence on it. Um, but it wasn't until high school, like when my friends were like playing guitar and I really kind of decided to start doing my own thing, just like, you know, as like an outlet and really take it seriously so i had my first band in high school i joined actually it was an all-guy band i joined the band um but they said i was being too serious so they kicked me out it was like my first fired and hired job too serious (laughs) how how was that even possible well because they wanted us to play like covers like they basically wanted us to be like a, a a cover band i guess and i i wanted to do original music and I wanted to do things or perform music that I know everybody wanted to hear, wanted to listen to, wanted to vibe with. I mean, I was in high school, so I'm thinking, you know, the events we would play at, the people around us, what are they listening to? Um, I don't even think it was then that I really got into like serious, seriously understanding like the importance and the history of music. Mm-hmm. So I guess we were just on different like wavelengths because whereas they wanted to play, well, specifically one person who shall not be named wanted to play 
like Jimi Hendrix, I was like, okay, we need to be playing stuff people want to hear. Like right now, you know, the millennials, and it wasn't until I listened to Jimi Hendrix and I was like, yeah, I mean, duh. I mean, of course we could play that, but also I'm, I'm still serious about playing stuff because getting gigs and getting paid right now, if a bar or a venue wants you to play music, they want you to play stuff that everybody knows. So, you know, so I got fired and high, hired and fired. I was like seriously kicked out. We did one show together, one show. We had one show together and then they kicked me out. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Yo, I have no evidence of this show. Like, I think I have maybe one picture. So, and then I, then I left school and started singing at the studio. My mom took me to her old friend, um, Kofi Roselle, or is it Roselle? If you're listening to this, Kofi, I didn't mean to say your name wrong, but um, at a studio and we were recording some music. I started actually writing music. And that was like my home base for a minute. Like I was sleeping in the studio, eating the studio. Like, like I was never home. And that's kind of how I got into it. But to be the person I am now, like it's just a big combustion of mixture and like life experiences. Like I could like write a whole book about it. We'd be talking forever to really get to the point. But yeah, it's just like a big mix of that. I hope that was like semi-thorough. No, nah, that's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> I take it that you didn't start singing uh, during high school. It's probably before that, right? Yep. When I was little, my mom used to have me at the uh, the little activist march or whatever, singing South African national anthem and whatnot, and singing Fertile Ground with my sisters. Like I used, to, I used to, I used to like, I did it. Did I enjoy doing it? No, because I have terrible stage fright. Like people would not think that, but I have awful stage fright. So being, you know, forced to sing in front of crowds. And I mean, sometimes it'd be hundreds of people, but you know, moms come over here and sing that song, you know? So, yep. It seems like your, your, your mom's had that vision because without that, uh, the foundation wouldn't be as strong as it, as it is today, you know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. She's a goat. Do you play any uh, instruments? I'm like shitty at guitar. That's like, <laughs> that's about as far as it goes. Like, I'm not going to hold you. I'm not really like an instrument person. Mm. Like in terms of my ability, like obviously, like I prefer to perform and things like that with live instruments. But I mean, I'm just, some people it's like second nature to them, or maybe I'm not putting enough effort or I'm just, you know, not committed. Who knows? But I'm like pretty shitty at guitar. I know like 10 chords, 15 chords. Like I could, I could hold a rhythm, maybe sing at the same time. I don't know. I can write to it. Let's just say that I can, I use the guitar to write, but the whole performing and singing thing like that goes back to the stage, right? Like I can play it perfectly alone, but as soon as I have to play my guitar and sing at the same time in front of people, like my brain and hand, like don't communicate correctly. It seems like from the, the songs that I've heard, you have a very unique sound. How did you develop that? Like, I don't know how to describe it. I guess, I think the biggest part about that maybe is just the genres of music I listen to. Like when I was growing up, you know, my mom would have a, had us in like the African cultural, African cultural school. So, you know, I listen to a lot of African music, I listen to a lot of European music. And then I'm in high school, I'm listening to Led Zeppelin and like Cage the Elephant and Jimi Hendrix and all of that great stuff. And then, I mean, 
cultural influences, you know, the black families, a lot of cookout music, like it's all like meshed into one. And then, you know, my bout of, a, you know, baby obsession with Amy Winehouse because who hasn't had one. So it's just, I guess maybe all of that mixed together and I guess not focusing so much on what it sounds like and focusing on what it feels like. So I think that has also played a big part into it. It took me a very long time, like, to figure out what I'm going for and how I want to say it and the way I need to evoke it because I was I was focused on what it sounded like and not what it felt like. And I feel like once I started saying, like, fuck what it sounds like, fuck what I think people want to hear, mm. um, how do I feel, not, like, what needs to be heard by people you know it's not about them i mean it's about them but it's also like this is a healing process for me so i'm just trying to focus on what it feels like i think that's like the biggest thing do you remember the first song you've learned like from front to back the first song i learned to sing front to back hmm i'm stuck between like i told you like my mom literally had me like singing the same songs over and over again at all of her little events um i'm stuck you know what i think it was yellow daisies um by fertile ground navashadaya i think that's the first song that i learned like front to back like all of it because we had to sing it so many times so is your family musical are you uh the only one or do you come from a long line of uh musicians um so my grandfather is a poet and a singer, writer, artist, musician. Oh, actually was, he just passed like maybe three, four months ago. Sorry um, yeah, thanks. Um, he, he, um, he lived in Harlem. So last time I saw him was in Harlem this past year. Um, great writer. I mean, like had bags of like words, like, great writer um and my mom she sings and she writes and then you know my sister my twin sister she sings she writes my older sister i mean she'd be singing around the house you know um but that's that's pretty much the extent to the musical oh no my dad did music stuff too he used to be in a go-go band he used to be in a go-go band i think he played drums you know i don't remember but he was a musical person so i guess I guess it's kind of been around me. Yeah, it seems like you have a, a lot of different influences on your uh, your your creativity, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Which musicians besides Amy Winehouse do you admire and why? I admire, hmm. I'm always like, I'm always asked this question and like never prepared, don't know why. Like it's like a question that's always going to get asked. Hmm, okay. It could be more than one. I'm sinking into the couch. Um, I like Sly Stone. Sly Stone, I love Sly Stone. I love Sly Stone. I love Sly Stone. Um, I got into Duke Ellington a lot. I guess not much for vocals and more like just instruments, but I like that a lot. Lots of jazzy influence. Um, And uh, Chet Baker. And who else do I listen to? Who am I always listening to? See, people ask 
asking this question suddenly. Obviously, you know I'm listening to Erica Badu. Like, that's a given. Like, you know, I, I know, like, the whole Mama's Gun album. Like, you could just play the whole album. I, I know every single word to the album. The ad-libs, the background, the, the harmonies. Like, I know all of it. I like Cage the Elephant. I like Nirvana. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just like a big, a big, oh, that's who it is. So, so one artist that had, like, a really big like influence on me wanting to go like super edgy and like try alternative music was like Joan Jett, this white lady who is just a really great rock and roll artist and really put women who rock on the map, you know? So, and obviously love Michelle and Coachello, genius, that mind. So those are some people that have some really good influences and also Tracy Chapman, I love Tracy. You know, listen to Tracy when I need a good cry. So this is some, some really good influences. I really I listen to them often, all the time. I love Curtis Mayfield and Marvin Gaye. Like, those are my go-to. Like, every day I listen to the same Marvin Gaye song. So, yeah. I remember uh, as a kid, uh, I believe it was in middle school when I guess the musical doors opened for me where I just tried to find a bunch of different artists from all different genres and, and like listen, listen and appreciate them. Was mm -hmm. it the same for you? I mean, yeah, it was like really the same. Like, I don't know, when I went through high school, I really went through a serious like indie phase, like Young the Giant, Cage the Elephant, like Chainsmokers, like you know, um, Coldplay, I, used, I listened to the same Coldplay song, like literally every day, 10th grade, walking to school, there was not a time I was not listening to Coldplay. So that's how it was. It was just like a big gumble of the music. It's like, it really depends on like the vibe you're going for, mm -hmm. you know? But it's like, I get like really fixated on one artist and then I'll get really fixated. Or, like I was really fixated on Amy. Then I was like really fixated on like knowing everything about Lady Gaga. Cause I mean, she's a master performer. So it just, it just goes through phases like that. But the one consistent phase that I feel like is my vibe is definitely like the Marvin Gaye, Al Green, like energy. So, which is interesting because it's not really like the music I create is very Marvin Gaye like vibe, but it's just, I don't know. It's like the complete opposite of what I'm making, but it's just what I like to listen to. Yes, I definitely love uh, a little trouble man, Marvin Gaye. Just a quick side note, Marvin Gaye and I say uh, share the same birthday, so <laughs> and we're from the same city. So uh, yeah, just a quick side note. Um, of course, that is amazing. <laughs> out of all those musicians, um, which of which of them have you learned the most from? Oh, definitely listening to Marvin Gaye and Erica Badu. Like, I'm going to say those two, like, the most. And also War. I don't know if you listen to War, All Caps War. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, those three, the, the, the 1970s, like, the 1960, I'm going to say 1965 to, like, the 1999, that right there taught me the most about music. Like, the chord progressions, the changes, the fact that a song doesn't have to go one way, that it can just go forward, like... You know, that's that's where I learned the most about music and the most about letting it, um, letting what you create flow through how you feel versus what you want it to sound like. But in terms of the structure and songwriting, I've learned a lot from um, alternative music because it's very, 
every time it's very like anthem like so but definitely like the vibes the marvin gaze this the wars the erica badu like all of that is where i learned the most about putting something together um as we all know um sometimes music brings back like different memories from you know life uh what's your fondest musical memory my fondest musical memory and where does it take you back to in terms of like when i performed or like an experience i've had with listening or uh it could be either or either or both well my fondest musical moment was that i turned 16 I think it was, I turned 16. Um, so my mom, I grew up listening to this composer on VHS called Yanni. I don't know if you heard of Yanni, but he's a, he's a composer. And she took me to see him. Like I grew up listening to him. It's like one of those things where you would never think you would ever like ever see this person do it, like see his whole orchestra, like all of it. I mean, it was absolutely amazing and my favorite composition by him is prelude and nostalgia and i used to listen to it like clockwork to go to sleep to wake up to calm down like to help my anxiety like all of it and uh, she took me to go see him on my 16th birthday a greek musician composer all of it like she took she took me to see him and it was like the first time because you don't understand like out of all the people i've listed that i've mentioned the the only person where I feel like if I saw it in person, like I would just cry is Yanni because it's like he's just so happy about what he's doing. And I was like enjoying the concert. Like I'm even getting emotional now thinking about it. And then when he played Prelude and Nostalgia and I heard the violin going off, I was like, I lost it. <laughs> I lost it. It was that was that's literally my that was the most amazing thing my mom could have ever done for me because he literally only is kind of touring like out the country in Europe and Asia, you know? So it was like a really rare moment. I'm like, oh my God, he's in Maryland. Clearly this was curated just for me. And she took me. So that, that was the fondest. Before everything shut down, how often did you perform? At the most once a month, if not twice. Um, yeah, I tried to keep it as rare as possible my performances, because I'm really trying to work on keeping some stuff together, but that's also where I make money. So I got like two good performances a month to pay rent, so <laughs> yeah. So what's that process like? Um, do people reach out to you or do you have management that reach out to different venues for performing? Um, so it's a big mixture. Either I'm creating an event, um, either I'm co-creating an event, Mm -hmm. Some people reach out to me, some people go to my emails, some people go to my management, some people go to my mom, you know, so um, mostly that way. I, I don't really like to take, you know, performance requests through Instagram and things like that, because um, it just gets lost in the sauce. Um, so it's mostly just like random, like, it'll just be like random, just chilling, not expecting anything in my email. And it's like, Hey, you know, so it hasn't, it hasn't become one of those things where I'm just like, I know this is definite yet, you know, but it's like a surprise every time. It's like a little gift. How do you handle mistakes during the performance? <sighs> I'm just going to be honest. I have, I have, um, 
sometimes my patience is not the best. And when things happen, I, I've, I've learned to outgrow shutting down because it's so, sometimes it's so hard for me to like get back in my bag because it's like being on stage is such a vulnerable moment. So you're like exposed. It's like literally being inside out. So like when something messes up, it's like you just got poked and like, I don't know, your heart and you're just like, your exposed heart at that. Not just like your chest, but like your exposed heart. Somebody just poked you and you just like shook for a second. And I'm just like, just pull it together. I just, I just do the best that I can. I do the best that I can. Sometimes it shakes me. Sometimes I can tell that the audience knows I messed up. Sometimes I can tell that, oh, maybe they're not feeling it because I messed up or something like that. But I just try to take a deep breath and pull it together because I never perform by myself. I always have a band. And um, I just do the best that I can. Like, I just try to keep everybody encouraged and uplifted. Um, not to say every moment has been, like, perfect and everything has gone smoothly when things have gone messed up. No, it hasn't. It has not. I, I've, I've had to grow a lot. Like, I've had to grow a lot. I used to shut down. I used to feel very like there's no way this can be fixed or uh, I'm going to have like a whole attitude explosion and but now I'm just I'm just learning to take it a little easy and learning the best way to not mess up is to be as prepared as possible yeah uh I just checked out your latest uh visual how how did you come up with the concept for concept for that and um who did you work with to help produce it um, so the video was, um, shot and directed by Stacey Muhammad. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a really great filmmaker. Um, she has a lot of things out. She lives in New Orleans. She's worked with Ava DuVernay on Queen Sugar. Nice. I mean, she's boss. And that's also like my auntie, like that's my, not my blood auntie, but as close as blood can get, like it's, you know, like one but um yes my mom and her actually went to duke ellington together like they they went to the same high school um so concept wise honestly all of it happened so fast she's in new orleans i'm like let's do it in new orleans the song's children of the sun the message is fire the energy of new orleans is very very like i don't want to say heavy but it's very like in your face like the ancestral energies for, you know, black and brown people in diaspora is very strong in New Orleans. So I felt like it was a good place to post up. And my auntie was there and she was ready. Um, concept wise, concept wise, my mom kind of helped put that together, the goat riding through on the horse once again. Um, she put it together and we wanted to tell a story of girls really just transitioning and experiencing life and experiencing their culture in this day and age. And we had the voodoo queen Kalinda come in. Um, She's from New Orleans as well. She's a voodoo priest. And um, she came and did some blessings for us, you know, as our guide inside of the video, like as our spiritual guide and giving us blessings as we're going on to experience our journeys as black and brown sisters in america you know so she just she just put it together for us my mom and all of them they really came through but in terms of like visual style wise 
um, just like an expression of my culture with the, the patterns and the prints and the outfits and the dancing. It's, it's all, it's very, uh, I don't know if you know how Navasha Daya has always done like her feathers. Like I was very influenced by her, like when it comes to my presence and performance, um, she always has a very colorful look with the tribal marks and the feathers in her hair. My lady and I have been to New Orleans and like, the, like you said, the energy down there, um, was heavy but at the same time there was uh an energy of like creativity you mm -hmm. know and um you know places like new york or new orleans is always good for creatives to just like sit down and take that energy in and um you know utilize whatever gifts you have to create in those in those settings you know mm -hmm. it's really nice down there i guess we, we really try to focus on creating something quality and less focusing because you know if you if you think new orleans you think let me get every shot that shows everybody i'm in new orleans like it was less mm. about showing that oh this is where we are and more about pulling and co-creating with the energy there to create the best product possible to get like the message across how do you deal with nervousness before a show I, the the one thing i always tell myself in my head is fuck it I tell myself, fuck it. And then I also tell myself, what am I going to do? Leave? <laughs> like, so, <laughs> so I just go and do it. I'm like, there's really no choice now. Like, you can't really turn back. Like, this is it. Like, you're here. You're on the stage. You have the whole band. Like, there's no choice. Like, you just got to do this. Even if, like, everything feels messed up, everything is going wrong. I'm like, listen, like, what? I can't just go. So mm. I'm going to just go here and do what I came to do and remember that like I just try to imagine that there's like nobody there mm. so yeah I just try to zone out but I don't know that kind of gets me I don't know people always I've, I've been told it's either a hit or miss like people that are working with me like on my team they feel as if I need to connect more with the audience or they feel like I need to get more engaged but I feel like once again, like I don't move based off like what other people need me to do. Right. I move based off like how I'm feeling. Like there's been times where I've been super outgoing and super engaged. And there's some times where it's just like, I just need to be like still in my body, like, and just, you know, but mm. um, the audience, like how they feel, like that's subjective to them. So I guess that would be the advice uh, you would give somebody who wanted to like, I guess, perform or just sometimes imagine the audience isn't there. <laughs> I mean, not just imagine the audience isn't there, but like, remember, like, remember why you're here. Cause I mean, everybody's reason for getting on that stage is different, you know? And sometimes mm. even I am like, what am I doing this for? All oh, right, I'm doing this for whatever reason that I'm doing this for. But just remember like why you're here. Like, and if you can't remember, just let yourself be like a vessel for creation. Mm. Like it doesn't, it doesn't have to go any deeper than that. So that's where I, like the fear begins and ends, you know, yeah. you just are like, it doesn't have, it doesn't matter if it's good. It doesn't matter if it's bad because all of that is subjective. Like you just are like, just let it be. Speaking about that, do you have a, a specific goal as a creator? Like what's the end all be all? Like what's the message you want to get out there into the masses? 
the message out there to the masses, the end goal, the all be all. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to um, get too deep on you. No, 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 it's fine. It's just like, for me, the end goal for myself, like I don't, I, I don't do this just for myself, mm. you know? There's, there's some things that I have gone through in life that I won't get into now that I guess will reveal itself as I move on in my journey. Mm. But it's like the main message that I have is, is, is mainly for people that look like me, mm. is mainly for women that look like me, is mainly for dark skin and brown women to, that look like me and girls and old women, you know, mm. just giving them representation and letting them know that I see you and that your existence is righteous and your existence is divine and that you don't have to be quiet and you don't have to keep your head down and you don't have to do anything you don't want to do like that anything is possible and that you're literally the the, the only message I have is that you're not by yourself like mm. it's, it's more than just oh I want to do the music but it's like I need this money to help the community I need this money to help my family I need this music to uplift and I need this message to remind like that's really that's that's it like we don't have a lot of people out here telling us that we're great and I, and I mean very specifically people that look like me black women that look like me like very specific you know I'm not even going to pretend like it's very specific um because I mean the truth is like we got to work our asses off 30 times harder Right. And so every time you look up, every time I look up, I don't see anybody that looks like me. I still don't see nobody that looks like me. Mm. And so it's more than that. It's about creating a safe space where we feel like we're heard and we don't have to do the most. You know, right. we can just exist in our bodies as is. So that's that's just the main focus that you are enough exactly how you are, because there's and, and I mean, if, if you go through the list of the people that I've mentioned, like none of those people other than Tracy Chapman or anybody that looks like me, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And not to say that the music isn't great. The music is awesome. The music is amazing, but representation matters. And the time that, that people take to openly say, Hey, I care about you. I love you. You matter. Here's some resources. Like that's just, it's not really out there for us. Like we have to search high and low for it. Um, so it's a burden to, to try to want to do that. But it's still like the end goal, the all be all is to create everything possible to give my people and myself representation. Another point is black people aren't monolithic, you know, mm-hmm. there aren't there isn't one specific genre for a black person, you know, whatever they show within the media and promote heavy. That's not all of us. And the reason why I like your music is because it's like nothing I ever heard before. You know what oh, I mean? Thank you. And maybe somebody in the future who listens to your music would, I guess, aspire to, you know, apply some of your, your techniques or whatever in, in their art, you know? I would hope so. Cause I'm just like, yo, like going to like a predominantly white high school, especially switching from growing up in African cultural schools and switching into that predominantly white institution. It's like, it's very hard to find yourself. It's very hard to find a space. Like they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't show you. They don't tell you. They don't 
say, they don't show us the black rock stars. You know, they don't show us the Michelle Indigo Cellas. You got to go find the Michelle Indigo Cellas, but we all know who Nirvana is. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have to, we have to go search high and low, but I'm like, black people rage. Like, we, we rage and we vibe and we do hip hop. Like, we do everything. So you don't have to pick. You don't have to choose. You don't have to fit into a box. Like, that's it. That's the best part about music. And I don't know. I feel like sometimes it's like a blessing and a curse because like the people that are working with me, they're like, okay, can you do one thing? So like, we can like focus on like trying to brand that. But then it's like, as soon as I'm done doing that, I'm like on to doing something completely different. It, it, it gets a little bit hard to like put in places, but it's whatever. It's like just a soup. Mm. How often do you practice? With the band or by yourself? Um, by myself, all the time. Like I'm always singing. I'm always writing. I'm I'm always writing more than I'm practicing. I'm not going to hold you. Mm. But um, with the band before, you know, COVID, um, we 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 practice mostly on a performance basis. Mm-hmm. I pretty much spent the time in between band rehearsals, like trying to curate like the the lineup and writing and you know singing by myself and then when it's time to do a show perform at least three to four times before mm. the event if not if not because when i moved to brooklyn like we have to do that three to four times because i'm working with new people but back home in dc my old band um who i'm pretty sure if i had a show in dc we'd all come together again it'd be like brand new there'll be some times we didn't even have to rehearse we just pull up because we already know what it is you know mm-hmm. so as often as possible. How do you balance your music with other obligations like social life or jobs or whatever? Well, let's just say I'm not the best employee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to hold you. I think no. I've been fired from one job last year. <laughs> I've been fired from one job. This oh, crap. That's my therapist calling me. I forgot I had therapy. It's, it's something call her back. We, okay. we, we do this all the time. I but, have um, a few more questions for you. Yeah, no, no, it's no rush. It's no rush. What was the question? Uh, how often, <laughs> how do you uh, balance obligations? Uh, with balance. The, yeah. This is literally what just happened is a perfect, <laughs> <laughs> perfect example of how I am not that great at balancing. Mm. But, you know, when I'm working at a, the, the truth of the matter is, when I'm busy and working at a job, it actually motivates me to get up and work on my craft more. Mm. You know, even if it's simple as I work at a grocery store or something like that, like it's kind of surprising to me because you would think, I want to work at a grocery store. I want to go be free and be a rock star. Like, no, like actually, because I'm already up, my body's on a schedule. It's like, all right, my day off, I'm like, okay, let's get it. Like, we need to go create. We need to go get this work done. Um, you know, I just try to keep a schedule as much as possible. Sometimes my schedule gets all sorts of crazy, but I, I just try to keep it as simple as possible. And I have people around me to help remind me. I've just recently started doing Google Calendar. I don't know why I didn't get on that like three years ago, mm. but yep, that's pretty much it. I just try to save as much time as possible for music and also sleeping, do a <laughs> lot of that. Like with COVID though, like I honestly couldn't tell you, like there is no balance. There's sleeping and there's eating and possibly crying involved. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Has COVID uh, helped your creativity or uh, uh, not helped it? Has it 
like stopped your creativity? I always tell myself, if I get a good song out of this, it was all right. Mm. And I've gotten some good, I've written some good stuff. So it's like, I don't know, whenever things like explode, if I get a good song out of it, I'm always like, all right. I can always like forgive the circumstance. Like I never feel like a victim. Um, but I've, I've been creating a lot more. My partner, she is a musician as well. So we've been creating a lot together, nice. you know, trying to not being stuck inside. <laughs> like, it's just I know so what you hard. mean. Man. I know what you mean. <laughs> it's like, I know I don't hate you. I know I don't. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we've been creating a lot um, just whenever possible. Uh, it's been a little bit easier to get work done now that I'm back home in Brooklyn because, um, you know, my mom's house is just, it's family everywhere. Like, it's yeah. kind of hard to focus. So, but I've been spending a lot of time. I have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of, it'll, it'll go like, I'll write five songs in like three days and then I'll be like, sleep for like two months. Like, it, mm-hmm. my brain will just, you know, so I just try not to force it. Like, I just try to let it unravel how it's going to unravel. Cool. All right. One last question. If you had a choice to define your music genre outside of the general classification, rock, R&B, et cetera, what would it be? Confusion. <laughs> <laughs> Gumbo. Like. Gumbo. A mixture. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh. I don't know, a progression, a, a never ending progression. Like mm. it just like that's it. Like I don't know if that is like if that's like a good enough answer, but you know, never ending. It's it's perfect for me. Um how can people contact you uh for I guess future bookings or to tune in into your uh, your music? To tune in to the music. Oh my gosh, I know I'm about to be so cringy when I hear this back. Like, I hate hearing myself talk mm. back. Like, maybe I'll, I'll just, <clears throat> maybe I'll just, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll just, because I have like this chipmunk voice when I listen to things back. <laughs> um, you can you can contact me at wednesdaylove at gmail.com. That's W-I-N-Z-D-A-Y love, L-O-V-E. Mm at gmail.com or follow me on Instagram at Wednesday Love or follow me on Spotify at Wednesday Love and or follow me on YouTube at Wednesday Love and please subscribe. Please subscribe. Please. Please. That's perfect, man. I just want to thank you again and uh, really appreciate your progress and um, thank you. Of course. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thanks for talking to me. You guys have been, well, I guess you have been the most, uh, exciting part of my uh quarantine you know we're not getting a lot of outside conversation or like Mm -hmm. interactions with people so you know whatever you need you know how to find me perfect perfect uh be safe out there man i'll be contacting you in a little bit okay peace 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 thanks have a good one you too hey family thank you for tuning in into another episode of creative habits podcast here is your quote of the day music doesn't lie If there is something to be changed in this world, then it can only happen through music. Jimi Hendrix. Thanks again, and we will see you next week. Oh, don't forget to subscribe. Peace.